And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully, you guys had a terrific weekend. A great show for you today. I was joined by my brother, Aaron Bandler. Always a great time talking to Aaron. Uh, and we talked about Joe Biden's latest fantastical claim and, and how the uh, House GOP needs to uh, impeach the president yesterday uh, if the Republican Party wants to survive. Uh, we talked about the right-wing outrage machine uh, and how we should all be opting out of that on a daily basis. Uh, we talked Oppenheimer. Uh, we talked about a uh, very important religious liberty case out in california right now a lot to discuss i think you guys will enjoy it. before we get to aaron guys if you haven't already please follow us on twitter at no gimmicks pod please subscribe on itunes soundcloud spotify wherever you get your podcast make sure to subscribe if you are an apple user please take a few seconds to leave us a five-star rating and a good review i'd really appreciate that and if you'd like the show and want to get involved you can support us monthly over on patreon patreon.com slash the no gimmicks podcast all right without further ado the great aaron bandler All right, guys, we're here with my brother, Aaron Bandler. Aaron, how you been, man? Living the dream. How about you, sir? Back at you, brother. Just absolutely yeah. living the dream here. Um, great news, actually, Aaron. Uh, Joe Biden cured cancer. <laughs> Hallelujah. What are, what are we doing, man? What The other day, for anybody who missed it, yesterday he, for some reason, claimed that he cured cancer um, during a presser. Um, last week, there was a photo op. Who was it with the president of Israel or was it a European leader? I can't remember. But the guy it's, fell it asleep. It was the president of Israel. Well, it was the president of Israel. That's right. And yeah. Biden falls asleep, mumbling, trying to read off a cue card. Yeah. The, the president of Israel is like looking nervously at the White House staff, like, "Do I need to perform CPR? Like, is it's like should some should somebody do something? You know?" And it's man. And despite all of it, despite all of it. Biden has an approval rating five points higher than Trump. I mean, it's like, I, I don't even know what to think about this election cycle, man. It's just throw everything out the window. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was anything we've learned in the era of Trump politics is just to expect the unexpected, to be surprised by nothing. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, it, but it, I, it, I, I think it just goes to show how how toxic, how negative Trump is viewed by by, by, by the general public, if he's like five points behind Biden in favorability of ratings, despite the fact that that, that, that Biden is no longer a functioning human being. Yeah. Um, and yet, I, I, you know, I, I still think Trump could win in the general election against Biden um, because I think that, that I, it, it's possible that 2020 was an outlier year in terms of voter turnout. Um, and this time around, it was, it was Trump Biden again. I think there could be a lot more independence, even, even some more modern Democrats who just you know throw their hands up and say, both these people suck, and they don't turn out to vote. So that is a scenario so. where Trump does beat Biden, if, 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 that is the, if that is the general election matchup. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, I, not, not to sound too much like Hillary Clinton circa 2016, but like, Shouldn't Trump be up twenty points or fifty points or whatever the heck Hillary said? You know, I mean, it's like yeah, the the negatives on both candidates are are mind boggling, man. Like right now, Biden's approval is at thirty nine, Trump is at thirty five. 
they have 63 and 61 percent disapproval, respectively. I mean, like six and ten Americans, over six and ten Americans can't stand either one of them, and it's just as, as bad as the economy is, as the you know, foreign policy, obviously the the war in Ukraine is dragging on, all, all of this stuff. It's like shouldn't Trump, like even with all Trump's baggage, even with a, a somewhat failed presidency behind him and all the the lies about 2020 and all that, it's like. I would think that Americans would still realize how dangerous dangerous it is to have Biden in the White House when we're, I mean, just just foreign policy policy alone. Like we're involved in five active wars. You know what I mean? Like a lot can go wrong in war, especially if the president has Alzheimer's. But it doesn't matter. You know, it's like it almost feels like the media has defeated Trump so completely that it just it doesn't matter. Like he could it could literally be a Fetterman type situation where Biden is completely incapacitated and he still wins. It's like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if you can, what Trump can do at this point, if he is the nominee, to win back women and independence. It's just, as even as bad as Biden is getting, I mean, visibly on live television every day, you're seeing it. And th- the numbers aren't changing at all. Yeah, and and the thing is, is that, is that Trump really has an easy strategy. If he it, it, it has, has an easy way to win if he so chooses to do this, because all he has oh, to sure. do is say, look, like, look, look, look at all that's been happening over the past years under Biden. Like, like it's, uh, you know, everything is worse in, with the economy and, and, and in the world right right now. And, you know, this was happening under under my presidency, you know, like, let's, let's go back to how things were under me. But a very easy argument to make. The problem is, is that Trump likes to make things about himself, you know, and it, 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 and it can't seem to like um, he, can't seem, he can't seem to get out of his own way. He's putting his foot in his mouth, you know, always with uh, always making some dumb social media posts or whatever. And the thing is, is is that is is that in an election, it's it's all about like like who the spotlight. It's all about who the referendum is on. So yeah. if it's a referendum on Biden, Trump wins. But both becomes like another referendum on Trump and his past presidency, then Biden wins. And the thing is that Trump will always make things about himself. He can't yeah. help it. Like, that's who he is. The thing um, is he didn't. The thing is he didn't in 2016. And that was the difference. It right. was a, it was about Hillary Clinton. And not just Hillary. It was about, you know, globalization and, and immigration and, you know, the elites and how the elites are, you know, doing all these things. And, you know, it was, just, it was not about Trump at all. He makes it about himself in 2020 and loses. And obviously, I mean, now it's just, it's, I mean, neither campaign, Biden or Trump, like, they're not really campaigning. Like, Biden's campaign staff is only 10 people, and they haven't spent any money yet. I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't started campaigning, and he hasn't hired a staff. You know what I mean? And they're, and they're five points on up on Trump. And Trump really hasn't, he's done a couple things. He's done a few speeches, but he hasn't really campaigned at all either. He's raised a quarter billion dollars and hasn't done anything with it besides, pay legal bills and attack yeah. Ron DeSantis. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's an absolute joke, man. Both Trump and Biden, the the presumptive favorites for the nominations, obviously. Um, like, I, I get it. I, I get where we are as a country. <laughs> I get that democracy means the voters get it good and hard. And I, I and obviously, you know, and the audience knows how I feel about democracy and governments. Generally, I'm not a fan. But it's like, I look around at my country and my countrymen and think, surely... We deserve better than this. Like, I know we don't. I know we don't, because that's not how democracy works. We don't deserve better than, better than this. But, man, I, I do love this country, and I do love my fellow countrymen, and I just have to— th- Like, I like this place. I like these people enough to believe in my heart that we deserve better. I mean, it's just these two campaigns, these two candidates are— it's such an embarrassment 
there is such an embarrassment. They they haven't even gotten on the campaign trail yet, and they're already embar- embarrassing themselves and their parties and their own supporters. And it's like, my goodness, man. I mean, it, you yeah, know I'm anti. No, you know I'm anti democracy. But just look at these campaigns. Look at what Biden is doing. Look at what Trump is doing. It's like, out of three hundred what forty some odd million people at this point, this is the best we can come up with. Yeah, I mean that's that that's an indictment on our society. If if those two are the best we can do right now, um, yeah, I mean it's you know it, it, it seems like every election cycle uh, for many years now it's always been like a lesser two evils election, you know, um, and so it would be nice one to have an election where like you know it's actually like you know you have candidates to be excited about. Uh, but that's like going to happen this time around. Yeah, yeah, not unless you know DeSantis pulls off a miracle or something. I mean, it's still early. It's what July, so you know, people aren't voting yeah, for another I, nine I, months I, or eight I, months. I mean, so. at, at this time in 2015, you know, I mean, Jeff Bush was the leading candidate. So yeah, it was Bush. Scott Walker was up there. Scott Walker, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, you never know. Um, and people are trying to make the. I want to talk about impeachment, and people are trying to make this about the 2024 election, and I, I believe this is just a matter of right and wrong. I, I truly believe if the GOP does not impeach Joe Biden, the party won't survive. And and I really do mean that. And I know the party's been around for, whatever, 170 years or something, but it's, I, I mean it. I, I don't think that the GOP survives. You know, Hunter Biden's former business partner now is willing to testify that Joe was involved in all of the, the foreign access peddling, that Joe was taking bribes from China and Ukraine, that he knew everything that was going on. Um, you know, he has, he has proof, you know, everybody knows that this president is the most corrupt president in a generation. And that's saying a lot, (laughs) but if McCarthy doesn't keep his caucus together and impeach Joe Biden, I would not blame Republicans for abandoning the GOP forever. If you can't, if you can't hold, if you can't attempt to hold Democrats to one tenth of the standard, every Republican is held to, then what's the point? Like, what, what is your purpose at this point? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 yeah, exactly. Uh, I I think he I think he kind of has to uh, at, at this point. If nothing else, is just, just, just to keep the caucus together. Um, if, and if he doesn't, then there'll probably be a revolt. Of course, McCarthy won a speakership by like the slimmest of votes. Um, so I I would like to think that he is probably going to follow through. Um, on, 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 on the impeachment stuff, but you know these are Republicans we're talking about, so you know it, it's uh, we're kind of used to Republicans always kind of like fumbling easy victories. So right, um, the, the so argument we'll, we'll against see. the the argument against impeachment, and a lot of like the milk toast Republican types are making this argument sure. is no, don't impeach Biden. It'll you know it'll it might backfire politically, which is like true. I mean that's true. Americans typically don't like impeachment. Impeachment didn't make Bill Clinton any less popular, you know, but I don't care. I don't care. That's the same weak, cowardly, terrible argument that Trump made after the midterms last year, blaming the pro-life movement for his losses, right? Like, oh, they should, well, they shouldn't have passed the heartbeat bill. You know, you're being too pro-life. It's like, stop. What? I don't care. Stop abortion because it saves lives. We're talking about saving children, you know, like, I, I don't care if doing the right thing is unpopular. I mean, Joe Biden is a corrupt, compromised tyrant. I mean, he—I mean, aside from just the Burisma and the 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 all, all the corrupt financial stuff, I mean, you could impeach him for anything. I mean, you know, he blew up twelve innocent Allied civilians in Kabul. I mean, you can you could impeach him for anything. Pick your poison, you know. 
I mean, he's he's corrupt. He done it. He broke the law. Impeach him. Like I don't, I don't get. You're never gonna hear a Democrat be like, oh no, we shouldn't persecute Trump because it might backfire. No, they're like, oh, we're gonna get this guy because we hate him. I'm not saying Republicans should hate their political opponents. Don't you know? Don't become the you know your your political enemies. But my goodness, they they impeached Trump for calling Zelensky on the phone and then again for being mean. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, come on. If you cannot impeach Joe Biden for this, if you can't try to hold the left accountable and balance the scales a little bit, I don't think the Republican Party deserves to exist. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's so it, I mean. If, if nothing else, the Republicans need to hold the hold the Democrats to the standard that they set uh, for, for for impeaching Trump. So, you know, it's if, if so, like so, so so that way, it kind of gets them to steal. It's, it's the only way to get Democrats to stop is to put brass knuckles on and give them a taste of their own medicine. So, you know, if if, if nothing else, like, like actually a strategy, and but again, it's like you know these are Republicans we're talking about, so yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I don't get it. I don't get the time for. I don't know, man. I don't get. It. It's like if you're if you're risking, you, you're worried about risking, you know, elections at the state level or whatever for holding the one of the worst presidents ever accountable. I, I just don't. That that argument does nothing for me. You know, the, oh, we might, oh, it might, it might come back to bite. Please, please. I mean, this man is getting people killed. He became president. He spent the first year trying to force people at gunpoint to get an experimental vaccine, and then wrecked the economy. And then he spent the next year sending hundreds of billions of dollars in weapons to Ukraine and funding this proxy war of choice against Russia. It's like, guys, if you can't, I, I don't care. I don't care if we lose a Senate run in South Dakota. Like, I don't care. Like it's it does not. My goodness, this is about right and wrong here. But um, we're we have a few more things to talk to you uh, about before I let you go, Aaron. Uh, first, I'll admit I hate to admit that I've uh, been a little off the grid lately. But I had not heard of this religious liberty case out in your home state of California at all. Um, but uh, it is important. So what what do uh, California listeners need to know? Well, I, I I think this case goes beyond just California because right. religious liberty is a you know it's a universal and a value important for freedom. Generally, so okay, so 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 the case it's uh it's called Lofman v. California Board of Education, I think, and so the evidence of this case is that there is a federal law. It's called the Idea Act, which basically says that if you have a special needs kid, then then public schools have to get, have to have the resources to give that kid what they need. Um. And if they, if they don't have the resources to do that, then the families are, are, are given federal dollars to then use for a non-public school that does have the resources, the bandwidth, uh, to, you know, to, 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 to give disability students a proper education. So right. there's disabilities, I should say, proper education. The problem in California is that they have decided that, that those federal dollars cannot go to any religious schools. You know, be, be, because of separation of church and state or whatever, um, and, and so now you have this scenario where where you have these Orthodox Jewish families uh, who want to send their kids with special needs to Jewish day schools, but they can't because California is denying them the money, to, the federal funding to do so. Um, and so that's the impetus for this case. You know, it, it's 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 a religious liberty case, and the people representing. It's, it's 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 so 
basically like there, there are three Orthodox Jewish families here who are, who are and, and two Jewish day schools in LA, and they're being represented by the Beckett Fund for Religious Liberty. They were the same people that represented the Little Sisters of the Poor. And so the first hearing was last Friday um, at LA Superior Court. Uh, there was a rally in, in downtown LA where like 200 people attended. And so, you know, we won't know that the results of the first hearing for probably another several weeks, maybe even several months. But what I do know is, is that obviously in California, there are a lot of left-wing judges. So this is a case that could potentially go all the way to the Supreme Court. Yeah, I'd um, I'd and, imagine it. I'd imagine it yeah. would because SCOTUS has been really active on these religious liberty cases. And I, you know, I, you know, John Roberts always frustrates us with trying. He he attempts to make language very targeted and specific because he doesn't want to give these you know yeah. broad rulings, unfortunately. But um. You know, if this if this is a a six three vote or whatever, and Roberts can't manipulate it too much, like there is this amazing school choice push across the country, right? Um, yeah, you're connecting tax dollars directly to students. You can take them to any a, a religious school, a charter school, any other private school, homeschool, you know, whatever. And obviously, the left, um, you know, they can't do it. You know, these are legislatures voting these these programs into law, so they can't really do anything about it. They're you know, school choice is. It pulls at like seventy five percent nationally, like eighty percent among black people. You know, it's like it's so popular. But I could definitely see in a lot of these states the left going after uh, these religious schools and trying to and, and try to do what California is doing and, and make sure that this tax dollar does not go to, you know, say Jewish day schools or Catholic schools, places like that. Um, so this could be. I, I could see a Clarence Thomas type really seeing this as an opportunity to say to really put the left in their place and say, no, 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 no. Like school choice is going to be expanded and no, you can't stop this money from going to religious schools. Like I could see the Supreme court really knocking one out of the park, potentially, you know, this could actually lead to something very positive. Yeah. And, 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 and it sounds like that's how Beckett views it too. Um, and that's why they're, they're confident that this will ultimately prevail you know, in the Supreme court. If it comes to that, obviously it's going to, it's going to take some time for, to get there um but yeah i mean like i, I mean in, in terms of like from court precedent and case law like this this is a pretty open and shut case that yeah like, like what california is doing is discriminatory and very much uh, against the concept of, of religious liberty so we shall see what happens but um you know but this is a case that really hasn't got a lot of attention yet um and it should um, and, and, and hopefully it starts right here, you know, with, uh, with the case getting the attention it deserves. Absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. Like I said, I hadn't, I hadn't heard anything about it. So, and I do this, I do this for a living. So it's, yeah, yeah. it's, uh, you know, it, I hate that these, these big and, you know, these issues like that, that affect a lot of families, real people in real ways, you know, really go on yeah. the radar, especially in today's ridiculous media environment. Um, a couple more things to get to. First, first, Aaron, you did see uh, Oppenheimer over the weekend, and uh, I did. So, without giving spoilers, how was it? Well, I mean, in terms of like ob- objectively speaking, like the movie is is well made. I mean, it's it's it has all the usual hallmarks of a Christopher Nolan film, you know, with with, with how it's structured and uh, with the with 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 its like time jumps, time lapses. Right. And there and there are certain scenes that are in color versus some scenes that are in black and white. Um, I I will say that like I 
that came. A, I used to think that Nolan was a little more conservative leaning, and after watching Oppenheimer, I no longer think that. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, there are definitely political overtones to this movie that that were kind of hard to ignore. Um, but it, I, 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 I think also the movie was too long. But it's three hours long. It's not easily three hours long. <laughs> you know, it, right. it, 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 it could cut it down by another half hour at least. Um, it's still worth seeing though. Uh, if nothing else, just to like talk about. Um, and my, from what I understand, it's definitely less woke than Barbie. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I do want to mention. I'm not going to talk about Barbie because I'm a 34 year old man, so that's not the point of this. But um, yeah, I I did want to mention like the right wing outrage machine that we've been seeing and our boy uh ian haworth wrote about yeah ab- about this over the weekend and he's 100 percent right um and it's not about avoiding the culture like that like conservatives right-wingers avoiding the culture for 70 years was a massive mistake obviously andrew breitbart was completely correct about that the politics is downstream yeah. from culture that's that's been proven out i mean that is true <laughs> like it's, there's no arguing with that anymore but i'm starting to feel like conservatives are just responding the same way leftists respond to things now like the the out the outrage over barbie it's like dude i just i can't i can't like i'm 34 i'm a dad i have hobbies i hang out in the woods most of the time you know what i mean like and i always think about and not just in terms of like this news cycle but the the marcus aurelius quote from meditations and let me i want to get it right here uh, quote, you're not compelled to form any opinion about this matter before you, nor to disturb your peace of mind at all. Things in themselves have no power to extort a verdict from you, unquote. And I've always had that line, things in themselves have no power to extort a verdict from you. And I think about that line all the time because working in politics is just like a series of just everything trying to extort a verdict from me all the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just kind of, like, I, I'm not, I refuse to form an opinion on Barbie. I I I refuse. I'm not going to speculate as to why LeBron James's son collapsed at basketball practice yesterday. I have a guess, right? But I I'm choosing not to weigh into that on the No Gimmicks podcast because I don't want to. I don't feel like it. Like I don't I don't I have no opinion on a lot of. You know, like I'll get questions when I do Q and A's. It's like who do you prefer in this congressional district primary in the middle of Kansas? I'm like, dude, I don't know, man. There's <laughs> there's there's 535 members of Congress. I just I can't dive into like our our buddy Jeremy Frankel like loves primaries. You know he yeah, like, follows every primary. <laughs> yeah. And I'll I'll text him. I was like, hey man, who are these guys? Never heard of either one. He's like, oh so you know and like he just I, he's got two kids and works 60 hours a week. So I don't know he's got the time. But like if if you enjoy, and he truly enjoys it, it's not a negative on him at all. Um, yeah. But it's like man, I uh I I can't. I can't get outraged at every lefty thing in a movie. I can't form an opinion on everything, you know? And it's just like, it, it's. To, I feel like a lot of people on the right are kind of being dragged into, like, doing the right-wing version of The View, but without, you know, but with added IQ points. <laughs> you know, it's not that bad. I'm yeah. not, like, you know, don't hear what I'm not saying. But it's like, man, I, I feel like more of us should just opt out of the outrage machine entirely. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, outrage addiction is certainly a real thing, and it happens on both sides of the aisle, it, it, or even like people who are non-political. I, I really just society in general today. Like we're always waking up to like, okay, what can I get angry about today? Right. It, you know, and the thing is, 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 and I think the big problem here is that outrage, anger, like it sells. 
you know, if it's like news stories that go viral, it's usually because people are angry yeah. about whatever it is that you're reporting on, or like, or or if it's like you're giving an opinion and diatribe, whether it's on Barbie or anything else, you know, if you're, you know, it, it rants, if, if, if there's a rant where, and if that's particularly, um, you know, showing like your passion and, uh, you know, or even anger about something, then that's probably, then that's more likely to go viral than somebody calmly just like, like dissecting an issue. Um, or even like if there's someone has a take that's provocative and is no, and is essentially provocative, then people get angry about the provocative take, well, then that goes viral too. Yeah. You know, I, I, I mean, we, we live in an age now where like we feel like our worth is based on how many likes or retweets we can we can we can get on, on a social media post or, or whatever, and what and what and what goes viral is outrage, you know, like and that's and again like that is an indictment on our society that we have come like that, you know, and it's not yeah. healthy because like you know being angry all the time it's just not, you know, it's it's just not, you know that that's gonna wear on, on you over time, you know, and hundred percent, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it's just it's just a show that, you know, that like we talked about, like, is Trump Biden, like, are these really the best we can do right now? Well, I mean, look, look at the state of our, our society, you know? Yeah. Um. So. I got, I'm just trying to take a, make a concerted effort to avoid, like, for instance, you know how there's like a two-week news cycle over Andrew Tate? That's right. I've never heard Andrew Tate's speaking voice. I've seen his profile picture on Twitter. But honest to goodness, Aaron, if he came to my house and sat down next to me right now, I wouldn't recognize. Him. I don't know anything about him. Don't care. You can't. The Twitter cannot make me form an opinion on that man. <laughs> I won't do it. <laughs> I just won't. I'm opting. I'm like, no. Do I need that? Do I need to know who that person is? Do I need to form an opinion on that person to do this show or to write articles that I have a deadline for? And he's like, no, I don't. No. It, it's, it has no bearing on my life whatsoever. I don't think the audience cares too much. You know, it's like, I, I, but every political commentator on both sides of the aisle had to just like immediately Google Andrew Tate, <laughs> learn who he is, figure out like what, what, what's going It's like, I don't know. I, I don't have to, you know, I don't have to do, you don't have to do that for your job. I don't have to do that for my job. It's just like, what's the harm in just leaving that to the next guy? <laughs> I'll leave that to the next podcast, you know? It's like, we don't need to be, we're, I'm not, we don't need to force ourselves to, be abreast of every single fine detail of every news cycle. Who wants that? Who wants all that negativity floating around in their heads 24 hours a day? Sure. And in regards to Andrew Tate, um, you know, there is, I, I, I have no idea if, if these like allegations that, that, that he's facing, you know, being in Romanian jail for, for however long that he was, he was in it. Uh, like I have no idea if it's true or not. Um, I, if I, I wouldn't be surprised if they were true. Um, but you know, I don't know. I, I mean, like yeah, it comes to, when know. it comes to like, legal cases, usually my sense is just like waiting to see what happens, to wait for the facts to come out. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, is that Andrew, is that Andrew Tate, it became such a big thing in the news cycle because of it. It's the point where like, we're like, after he got released from prison, you know, he, he's on Tucker Carlson's, uh, new Twitter show. And apparently it was like his most watched episode so far. Really? Uh, yeah. Wow. And, it, and it's, which is, which is crazy. And a little disturbing because, like, again, I don't know a lot about Andrew Tate, but what I do know is that his message, in terms of, like, the, the way I understand Andrew Tate is that, is that, like, when he talks about, 
to society's ills, like he's correct, but but like his prescription is wrong. You, you, you know, like I I, I I I think what he tells males to do is not helpful and, and unhealthy. Is is how I would put it without being searching the details of it. Um, yeah. But but like he's but I mean when he becomes <laughs> like when you have a viral interview like that with Tucker Carlson that gets like millions and millions of your social media, it's kind of hard to avoid the topic. You know, if, if, if you're like in the news and, and like, you're like a general news person, um, especially uh, like if you're, if you're in a certain media, you know, it's like, you have to sort of talk about it because, you know, nah, otherwise I will, it's going to be like, you know, like, what the hell? Like, like wh- wh- why did you avoid talking about it? I will avoid you know? talking and, about it. Like Emmett Smith avoiding a tackle, man. Oh, they can't catch me, brother. They can't. Yeah. I'll get out of bounds before Andrew Tate can hit me. Can't do it. Can't, but one more thing before I let you go. I um, and we don't have time to get into the whole Twitter name change thing and and all that. I will obviously I will be discussing that in the future. Um, I just got back from a fishing trip. I'm like, what happened to Twitter? <laughs> but <laughs> but anyway, I, and I I like a lot of the things Elon Musk has done with Twitter. Obviously, community yeah. notes alone, if that's all we get was community notes, oh, it's, community it's great, yeah, dude. Just the bane of journalists' existence. It's most it's Love the it. most hilarious Love thing I've it. ever seen. Yeah, but he really made the outrage culture so much worse last week, and this is why. I thought initially for about thirty seconds that. Elon paying like people that go viral for their tweets and stuff. I was like, oh, that's cool. Cause like I'm a capitalist, right? I'm like, hey, man, they're creating value yeah. for the company. They should get a cut of that. And then instantly I realized, <laughs> dude, <laughs> everybody's going to become so much worse. All the big accounts that are like eligible to make money, I think you have to have over 100,000 followers or something. But it's like it's if you're like eligible that. to make that money, and you're already seeing it, dude. You're already seeing these accounts just posting the dumbest stuff they can come up with just to try to get a bunch of comments. And you're like, because they get paid per comment, right? Because they, you know, Elon is running ads in the comment section of your tweet, of viral tweets. So the more comments, the more ads, the more money you make. This is going to be a disaster. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is a terrible idea. Terrible. Like, you're going to, just every big account on Twitter is going to try to rile people up to the best of their abilities, piss people off, get people screaming and yelling at each other so they can cash out. It's like, boy, oh boy, if we thought yep. Twitter wasn't toxic enough, my goodness, what is this going to do to the place? Yeah, no, for sure. It, it's it, it, it gets back to the issue of outrage fiction that way that 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 we previously discussed. Um, I will say is that like that the one video on Twitter that I, I, I kind of stood out to me as you were describing um, like how it kind of getting worse was you know there's a certain someone. Who we have mocked in, in in our group chat on Twitter on many occasions. <laughs> who, who called Margot Robbie mid? Oh gosh! And, and in terms of her looks, and you know, I I, I mean, you have to be. Uh, I mean, I mean, I'm sorry, but, but for every objective measure, Margot Robbie is smoking hot. Like like she like she is, and yes. and, 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 and the, like if you are a heterosexual male, yes, yeah, and you are calling her mid. And the only reason you could be doing that is, is is if you are trying to like you know get more retweets, likes, clicks, or, or whatever on, on on your video, um, and I'm sure the subscription thing was part of it, you know, because that's because yeah, like if you're not gonna make money, based on having viral tweets, you know, like as I said earlier, what goes viral outrage, 
you know, so of course people are going to be outraged over someone calling Margot Robbie mid, and um, you know, and, and so that's going to cause uh, that video to go viral, and the and the person cashes out, you know, and yeah, I mean, so yeah, so, like we are already seeing Twitter get get a whole lot worse because of it, and it's only going to get worse from here. So, you know, uh, it's so I've been working in media for you know my entire adult working life. Uh, so far, you know, I, I've learned to become very cynical about everything. Um, and, and so to me, as like as I talk about this, like I can't help but just find find it all funny only because like if I actually like get upset, depressed, or angry about it, you know, then it's just you know, then it's gonna weigh me down. You know, it's the only healthy way to sort of look at everything burning in the world and on social media is just. Sit back and laugh because it's all you can do, you know? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, there's nothing more you can do. You know, it's funny. It's yeah. like with, with the new Twitter payout system, too. It's like I, I don't want to comment on anything, man. I don't want any of these grifters to make a penny off engaging with me, you know? It's just like it's just it's just gross. And you're seeing in some of the money, these guys like the Krasenstein brothers and these guys, it's like a lot of them oh, are getting God, like yeah. 50 grand, 30 grand. I mean, they're getting this like astronomical amount of money for their tweets and it's just like did elon elon did you really have to make the krasenstein brothers worse at twitter like it was like weren't they bad enough with how <laughs> weren't I they bad enough that. before it, it was, i didn't know that it was possible to do that yeah. <laughs> you know I mean, they, I mean the whole reason that krasenstein brothers became a thing is that is that they're they were reply guys yeah, Trump Trump reply guys. you know it, it's like, some people are just reply guys you know like they supply like every big, big account but I didn't say any like usually not say anything more of a substance anyway. But sometimes like like I you see see like a, a a viral Trump tweet and someone will be reply of like promoting something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that like those are reply guys, you know. And the cast team but now that they are big names, it's like they just tweet whatever, and you know, and of course they stoke you know outrage too, you know, because you know they're usually tweeting something provocative. They um, can't like this is this is the thought I had, man. And there's no way, like, there's no way, I, never say never. They can't do this program for, like, candidates that are running for office, right? Like, they can't let some, yeah. like, they can't pay some viral account who's, like, running in a primary against something. You know what I mean? Right? Like, really? Is that, like, how far is this going to go? Like, if, if Trump, like, it's, are they going to pay, like, at POTUS and at Donald, real Donald Trump for like pissing people off, and they're gonna send hundreds of thousands of dollars to these people. It's like, where does it end, you know? And then if it if it isn't if everyone doesn't uh, qualify, then is it is is just this like selective program where like a few viral influencers make a bunch of money? So it's just like, uh, it's just it makes no sense. It's like, where do you draw the line? It doesn't really make sense on its face. It's just, I don't know. Elon's had a lot of great ideas over the course of his life, and some real bad ones. I think this is a bad one. <laughs> I just don't think. I just don't think this ends well. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I guess you know we'll, we'll have to wait, we'll wait and see how it plays out. But I'm certainly not optimistic with how you know it's been going so far. And and as I keep saying, like it's just gonna it's gonna further fuel you know our society's outrage addiction. So, um, yeah. Throughout our society, every. I mean, the, every incentive is upside down. It's the incentives are upside down in politics. If you look at Congress, right? Like, what are you are you incentivized to serve your constituents? Of course not. Not that they ever really were, but it's like you're incentivized to go on TV and say stupid stuff and go viral. 
you know, so you can get paid more money for your speeches and sell more books and everything else. Like AOC isn't is not unique. She's just responding to incentives. You know what I mean? Like the like the Marjorie Taylor Greene, like she's not yeah. unique. She's not crazy. She's just responding to incentives. Tucker Carlson with Andrew Tate. You know what I mean? It's like it's all it's just people responding to these perverse incentives. It's not their fault. It's just the system they're living under right now. But it's like, man, if we don't as a society come back to incentivizing virtue, incentivizing I would say godliness, but call it whatever you want if you're not a person of faith. You know, it's like it, it, everything is upside down. Like you're incentivized. Yeah, a lot of times I'm like, man, ah, I had a bad month this month on the podcast. Numbers are down a little bit. Or it's like, oh, I lost a bunch of Twitter followers. And it's like, it's like, yeah, I get it. Like that does piss me off. But it's like, well, please hold me to you know, fly to Ohio and punch me in the face if I ever go back on this. But it's like, I'm not willing to just like do what goes viral to build an audience. I'm not willing to just BS people, lie to the audience, stoke outrage among people, stoke division among people. It's just like, and every incentive is pushing all of us to do that. And it's just like, it, it, boy, it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's tempting sometimes. I get it. I'm broke too. You know, I could use a pile of cash, but it's like, man, it's just not, it's just not worth it. It doesn't add value. It makes the country worse. And I just don't want to be a part of it. Yeah. And, and I like to think that there's still a market for authenticity out there. Um, but it's certainly a more uphill climb nowadays. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as I keep saying, like, this is the state of our society right now. Yeah. Um, and it's only going to get worse, uh, I, 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 I fear. So. Well, for both of our cases, you know, I know, uh, obviously, off the record, you know, you're working on some stuff behind the scenes. I'm working on some stuff behind the scenes. I think for both of our sakes, um, financially and otherwise, <laughs> let's hope that somewhere there's still a market for authenticity and, and, and people that are bold enough to tell the truth, man, because... Yeah, no guys kidding. like you and I are, are we're pretty screwed if there's not because we've chosen this this path. So it's uh, you know, yeah. we'll see, we'll find out, won't we? We will find out soon enough for sure. <laughs> Aaron, my brother, where can everybody read your stuff? Follow you online, keep in touch, all that good stuff. Follow me on Twitter at Bandler's Banter. Um, you can also read my stuff uh, on the Jewish Journal's website. Um, lots of good stuff there too. Um, yeah. Everybody follow Aaron. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Monday. No gimmicks.